You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch our show and subscribe to our show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also check out the show wherever you listen to all your favorite podcasts, free and available everywhere. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a single edition of the show. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where I will be right here on Friday answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions. Just at me or DM me over on Twitter to participate in this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. One final show from the Town Place Suites by Marriott here in Goodyear, Arizona, as I've wrapped up my work weekend here at Phoenix Raceway and with NASCAR, and I'll be happy to be back home in the home studios tomorrow. But I had to, of course, do a show heading into free agency as the legal negotiating period begins at noon on Monday, March 13th. The Carolina Panthers can start negotiating for two days until on March 15th, Wednesday at 4 p.m. The new league year starts and the trade that they made with Chicago will become official and any of the deals and agreements that they make with players will then become official there on Wednesday afternoon. So this is a vitally important time for the Carolina Panthers under new head coach Frank Reich with Scott Fitter now having full control of the 53-man roster and which will also be 90 men as they head down to training camp at Wofford College in Spartanburg, South Carolina later on this summer. So important time for the Carolina Panthers to build their roster into a position where they compete, where they can compete for the division title in the NFC South this fall. Now, the biggest priority for the Carolina Panthers is going to be putting a solid supporting cast around the rookie quarterback. We now know after the Panthers traded their first-round pick this year, swapping from 9-1, to first-round pick next year, the second-round pick they got from San Francisco in the Christian McCaffrey trade, a second-rounder in 2025, and one that's still painful for you and me, trading away DJ Moore to the Chicago Bears. We know now the Carolina Panthers are going to take a quarterback. Will it be Bryce Young? Will it be C.J. Stroud? Will it be Will Levis? Will it be Anthony Richardson? Only time will tell, and we will find out April 27th, night one of the NFL draft there in the first round. But before we even get there, we've got seven weeks to to debate and to rip each other apart about who the Panthers should actually take there, either number one or if they move back to number two with Houston, or even if they move back to three, who knows what they're going to do. They're keeping all their options open. They want to control the top of the draft board, which they now accomplish by trading up to number one. The Panthers have other needs on this roster. But the biggest thing they need to do is make sure that there's a solid supporting cast, skill player-wise and just position-wise, on this roster to take away some of the pressure that's going to be on this rookie quarterback, whether he starts day one or midway through the season heading into 2023. So that is the most important thing the Carolina Panthers need to do. Now, talking about what they need to do heading into free agency – First and foremost, and we've talked about this the last couple of weeks, I'm going to go over positions and players who I think the Panthers need to go out there and target on today's show. 
Bradley Bozeman, starting center from last year, who the Panthers got on the cheap, needs to be back as a center for the Carolina Panthers. He needs to be there as a veteran in this league who's been excellent in Baltimore and in Carolina last year. He needs to be someone that this rookie can depend on, especially when it comes to communication. And the center position is vitally important. I said last year when the Panthers brought in Bradley Bozeman, I thought he was going to be one of their most important figures on offense. And that became true once he came into the starting lineup after Pat Elfon was out for the rest of the season with a hip injury. Bradley Bozeman is a must sign for the Carolina Panthers. He came here because he wanted to work with James Campen, the Carolina Panthers offensive line coach, with Campen and the assistant line coach, Kugler, back here in Carolina. You have to imagine that Bradley Bozeman and his wife, Nikki, both want to be back here in Carolina. So the Panthers, hopefully on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, does not matter when, hopefully they figure out a deal with Bradley Bozeman. Now they have $22 million in cap space that's been opened up with the moves that they made by cutting Damian Wilson, working Shaq, uh, Shaq um, Thompson's contract and all the other moves that they made throughout the last couple of weeks to get under the salary cap threshold. There is space for Bradley Bozeman and you have to think they likely would give him a large percentage of the money that's going to be owed to him right there up front to lower that cap and allow the Carolina Panthers go out there and make some other moves to help this team. But he's one of the bedrocks of the strong offensive line that's been built here with Ike Aquano at left tackle, Brady Christensen at left guard, right there, Bozeman at center, right guard, and Austin Corbett, and then at right tackle, the stalwart Taylor Moten. The Panthers must, must, must re-sign Bradley Bozeman in an effort to continue to have a strong offensive line, but also to aid the rookie quarterback who's going to be entering here come May. Now, with that, the Panthers have built a very strong coaching staff offensively around the upcoming rookie quarterback with Frank Reich having played the position back in college and in the NFL and having gone out there and coached it as an offensive coordinator and as a head coach at Indianapolis and Andrew Luck having a career year in his final season in the NFL in the first year with Frank Reich there in Indianapolis. Reich also did a great job with Jacoby Brissett and with Phillip Rivers. He can work with quarterbacks. He certainly is knowledgeable, and he's going to have his hands all over this rookie. But it's not just going to be him. It's going to be Josh McCown, who enters in his first year as a coach at this level, at, on the college level, had never been anywhere higher than the high school ranks as a coach. Josh McCown is now a first-time quarterback coach here in the NFL not that far removed from playing and someone who certainly has mentored guys in the past. So you have McCown, you have Frank Reich, you have Parks Frazier, who called plays under interim head coach Jeff Saturday in Indianapolis last year. You also have Jim Caldwell, who said back when he spoke to the media a couple weeks ago that, oh, there's plenty of guys around here who have experience working with quarterbacks. They don't need me in the room. False, Jim. We'll take everything that you have to say about grooming a quarterback, and we will listen to you do that. So you have those guys on the coaching staff but you need support in that quarterback room. And right now, Matt Corral, who broke his foot with the list rank injury and did not play a single game last year after the preseason game two at New England that ended his rookie year before he really even started, he does not have the requisite experience to mentor a rookie. He's also going to be trying to win the job, which, sorry, Matt, not going to happen. And you'll have Jacob Eason. Those guys do not have nearly enough experience, and they're not coming to a position where they're going to be mentoring a rookie who's coming in there and taking their opportunity to be the starting quarterback here in Carolina. So the Panthers need a veteran quarterback. Now, with the help of our friends from FanDuel, our official sports betting partner here on Locked On, I have gone out there and looked at the top 10 free agents at the certain key positions the Carolina Panthers, I think, need to fill 
during free agency and, of course, leading up to the draft. Now, starting off with quarterbacks, some of these options are not actually options. But according to FanDuel, the top free agent quarterback available is Lamar Jackson. The Panthers, with their trade on Friday, let everyone know that they're not interested in Lamar Jackson, and they did it by their actions and not by their words, which they did earlier in the week, saying that actually we don't want to do that. Tom Brady is the number two free agent, but he's retired. Daniel Jones, number three free agent, re-signed in New York. Jimmy Garoppolo, available, but his market value currently is $30 million per year, according to Spot Tracks. Track again, don't know which one it is. The Panthers are not looking for Jimmy Garoppolo for $30 million a year. He'll get an opportunity to start elsewhere, but it will not be here in Carolina. Geno Smith, number five, he's re-signed with Seattle. Also, is probably never going to be an option. Now, we get to the portion where there are options. Six is Jacoby Brissett coming from Cleveland where he finished four and seven as a starter. Now, QB wins, not a stat. Probably should have been three and eight had the Panthers been a hold on in that game. And there have been some calls that would have not gone there against them at the latter part of that game in week one. Brissett, four and seven, filling in for Deshaun Watson in Cleveland this past year through 12 touchdowns, six interceptions. And according to Stephen Holder, who had in the show a couple weeks ago, Brissett actually played some pretty good football that year in Indianapolis when Andrew Luck retired in August right before the season. And Frank Reich had to start him the rest of the way in 2019. Just the injuries kind of caught up to him that year and led to some sluggish performances later on in the season. But someone who's familiar with Frank Reich will know the system, has been in multiple spots as kind of that bridge guy, someone who can fill in, be a starter for you, that's what he can be here in Carolina, and I absolutely expect the Carolina Panthers to be aggressive in trying to bring Jacoby Brissett here to Carolina. Now, number seven on FanDuel's board is Baker Mayfield, who reportedly the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are looking to sign as competition for Kyle Trask or to be their starter for reasons that we already know. Baker Mayfield is not an option here in Carolina to be a bridge quarterback. Taylor Heineke, a former Carolina Panther who spent the last couple seasons under former Panthers head coach Ron Rivera up in Washington, started nine games last year in 2022, but was average at best. He's had his moments we've seen in Carolina, but really more so in Washington where he's been able to lead some comebacks. But turnovers are an issue for Taylor Heineke. He threw for short of 1,900 yards last year, 12 touchdowns, six interceptions, but he is an experienced backup who can add depth to the position, and I wonder if he'd be willing to come back to Carolina under a new regime. He is someone who absolutely is an option. Nine, Sam Darnold. We saw Sam Darnold play the best football of his career in the final six games of last year here in Carolina. Wasn't good enough to get the Panthers to the playoffs, but Darnold held his own in certain situations, whether they won or lost in those final six games under interim head coach Steve Wilkes. I would like to see Sam Darnold back here in Carolina, but having a conversation with someone a couple weeks ago, it did not feel like Darnold would return. And you have to also understand that Sam Darnold has to decide he wants to be here in Carolina as well. It's not just the Panthers who might want Sam Darnold. Bringing in Josh McCown makes a lot of sense based off of the relationship they had back in New York when Darnold was drafted third overall there. And McCown acted as his veteran backup mentor what you're looking for here in Carolina for Stroud or Young or Levis or Richardson so I think Sam Darnold could fill that role he certainly has the temperament for it he's been a team guy and everyone in the locker room from all accounts really respects the guy now he's not a high level talent at least he has not shown it in the NFL he has not shown it on the field as far as executing which has been an issue and turnovers have been an issue for Sam Darnold even when it's not his fault turnovers just seem to find him I would like to see him back in Carolina 
But I would not be surprised if he goes elsewhere trying to find another opportunity to potentially salvage his career after being the third overall pick in 2018 out of USC. Number 10, Mike White, who was last year with the New York Jets. You saw how that team reacted to him once Zach Wilson was benched in favor of Mike White. The guy, I think, actually can play. I don't know if he's ever going to get an opportunity to be a starter. This past year in New York, the last couple games when he took over for Zach Wilson was his opportunity to show that he could be the guy with the Jets and maybe the Jets bring him back. But it looks like White probably wants an opportunity elsewhere. Could be here in Carolina where he could start the first couple games before having to give way. But is that what he's trying to sign up for? Only 27 years old. Could be a long-term backup option. Think about what we had here with Cam Newton. And Derek Anderson, I think that could work out. If Mike White could be your long-term backup, I could even see the same case with Jacoby Brissett. I don't think Darnold wants to do that, but Mike White, Brissett, Sam Darnold, Heineke, those are the four guys the Carolina Panthers should absolutely be targeting. I would even say Andy Dalton as well. Would not mind seeing P.J. Walker back here in Carolina, at least for camp. I don't know if they want to carry. They're going to have to carry probably three quarterbacks. We'll see what this new coaching staff and how the front office feels about Matt Corral and his future. But we're looking at the rookie Corral and a veteran right now. The Carolina Panthers are going to carry three quarterbacks moving forward into 2023, but plenty of time moving forward before we even really find out whether that's the case and what the plan will be once they get down to training camp and go through the preseason. But those are the guys I'm looking for. Brissett, Darnold, Heineke, Mike White, Dalton, Walker. I'll take any of them as a veteran presence in this locker room, in this quarterback room for that rookie quarterback, where the most important thing here in free agency, yes, it's to fill the holes, but it's also to build a strong foundation so the rookie can come in and not have as much pressure that's already going to be there on him. Y'all know, whoever the Panthers pick, you're going to be placing a mountain of pressure on him to be the franchise and to fix this organization and to get us back to the playoffs. So that's the hope. But first off, the Panthers need to build around him and build a strong foundation. That starts off with Bradley Bozeman and going out there and getting a veteran quarterback. Now, the Panthers did something on Friday that is certainly going to hinder the ability of that rookie to have success by trading away DJ Moore. And the wide receiver market in free agency isn't that deep, and the Panthers also need to get a tight end. So we'll look at some of the key playmakers offensively the Panthers could go after here in free agency in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. But before I do that, today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard me talk about this mobile game app, and if you ever thought you'd make a good GM, you got to give this game a try. It's not as easy as you might think to create a dynasty. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons and lead your team to glory, trying to build a historic dynasty. With Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, managing all the finances, including negotiating player salaries and terms, navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft injuries, players slash personnel issues, and all the ups and downs of the season. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked On Panthers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps, so make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com, Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. 
As I told y'all on Friday during my emergency episode that was just before midnight Eastern time as I was out here and still am in Phoenix, Arizona, technically Goodyear, Arizona, not too far away from Phoenix Raceway as I was doing my day job working over at NASCAR on the Motor Racing Network, bringing y'all the action of the racing action that went on here this past weekend in Phoenix. I had told you on Friday that the Panthers with the trade, I didn't really have any problem with the terms outside of one spot. I always felt like they're going to have to swap from nine to either five or three or one to get up and get a quarterback and get the guy that they wanted. I also felt like they're going to have to give up one of those picks that they got from San Francisco when they traded Christian McCaffrey. And the whole point of trading McCaffrey was to get more draft capital in the effort to move up to get a quarterback, which they have now done. I felt like they're going to have to give up their 2024 first round pick and then probably something else as a sweetener, which turned out to be the second round pick in 2025. What I did not want them to give up or ever thought they would give up was DJ Moore, their top wide receiver. And the Panthers, okay, you want to get your quarterback, but you have to have a good supporting cast around him, and they don't have that right now at wide receiver. Terrace Marshall, plenty of talent there. We have seen flashes primarily in the second half of last season in 2022, but we need to see it over a 17-game sample size, him be consistently healthy and consistently good on the field. Have not seen that. LaVishka Chenault had his moments, but still, I don't look at him as someone you can really rely on and trust week in and week out. Shai Smith, same case. Marshall, Smith, Chenault, that right now is the worst wide receiver core in the National Football League. The Panthers need to add to this position group now that they have lost DJ Moore, but really now that they've decided that finding that quarterback and holding on that 2025 first-round pick was more important than having DJ Moore on this roster. Now, the good thing is there are plenty of quarterbacks coming out of college every year, running wide receivers rather. There are plenty of wide receivers coming out of college every year that can catch the football and do something with it. The problem, though, for the Carolina Panthers is the veteran wide receiver market leaves a lot to be desired. We went over a couple of those on Friday looking at it. Again, according to FanDuel, our friends over there, our official sports betting partner on the Locked On Podcast Network, these are the top 10 wide receiver free agents here in 2023, starting off with Juju Smith-Schuster, who was last in Kansas City, hoisting up the Lombardi Trophy with the Chiefs in February. Had a bounce back year where he had 933 yards receiving, only three touchdowns, but a good solid season for Juju, who we found out is not that number one that Pittsburgh hoped that he could be after the Antonio Brown issues. He's a solid number two, number three kind of receiver who, of course, had a good year with the best quarterback in the NFL. I'm cool with Juju Smith-Schuster here in Carolina if they can make a deal work. I don't know necessarily what his market's going to be, but I'm fine with that. Number two, Jacoby Myers, former NC State Wolfpack player, spent time in New England the last couple of years, 804 receiving yards and six touchdowns this past year. He's also been a consistent option who catches the ball, roughly 70% of the ball is thrown his way. So catching 70% of your targets, can catch the football, solid player. I think Jacoby Myers actually would be a really good pickup for the Carolina Panthers. Would not expect, you know, explosive numbers, but he's someone – Right there in New England with Mac Jones and even Bailey Zappi at points in time this past year who went out there and produced. Can't imagine he couldn't do the same thing here in Carolina next year. So that's someone to look out. Number three, Alan Lazard coming over from Green Bay. Caught 
60 passes for 788 yards. Now, he only had 100 targets. He had 100 targets and only caught 60 of those, so about 60% of it. Not nearly as high as it could be Myers with New England Patriots. He's someone that worth looking at. He's not that number one. Aaron Rodgers certainly had issues with his receiving core in Green Bay the last couple of years. Lazard, a fine option the Carolina Panthers should look into. DJ Chark is someone who could stretch the field. He's done that in Jacksonville. He's done it in Detroit last year with the Lions and their high-flying offense. Some of the Panthers also could look at. Darius Slayton is their fifth uh, free agent wide receiver. Solid floor. Caught 46 balls, 724 yards last year. He's a great option for a deeper wide receiver room, which the Carolina Panthers do not have. He would be one of your top-end guys. And number six is someone I think a lot of fans are interested in. That's McCole Hardman, who's coming over from Kansas City. The problem is he's only been available for eight games the last couple of seasons. At least this past year, only eight games. Tallied a career-low 297 receiving yards. Hardman um, averages 45 receptions, 600 yards per season his three years prior to that. So he's been a good option. Not great. And look at Kansas City, who they've had in the past. Where they've had, of course, Tyreek Hill. They have Travis Kelsey. They're excellent tight end. They've had other players like Demarcus Robinson, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. McCall Hardman was thought of as potentially the Tyreek Hill replacement when Hill had all his off-the-field issues a couple years ago. Then that draft in, in Nashville. Hardman, good player, someone who has speed, and that's the kind of athlete Scott Fitter has talked about. I would love to see maybe a Myers or a McCole Hardman, both of those guys, come to Carolina, get some size, get some speed and athleticism to add to this core with some other guys who have good traits, just have not been able to put it all together. Now some a couple other ones, Jarvis Landry, who last one was in New Orleans, is the number seven wide receiver. Marvin Jones, number eight from Jacksonville. Paris Campbell, this is another player who should not be surprised he ends up here in Carolina, was drafted in Indianapolis back when Frank Reich was there. He saw 91 targets and converted those to 63 receptions for 623 yards this past year, a career year for him. The player from Ohio State, a lot of speed, good size, deep ball threat. This is someone I would not be surprised in here in Carolina. Of Jacoby Myers, Paris Campbell, Nicole Hardman, a combination of those guys. I would be happy about that. Noah Brown, number 10, who was the wide receiver three in Dallas this past year, had a good year. He's another person. And, of course, you can notice this list was put out there before Adam Thielen is out on the market. But, again, y'all, at 32 years old, I have a hard time seeing Adam Thielen being that interested in coming to Carolina because he wants to go to a competitor and a contender. And right now it's hard to say the Panthers are going to be a contender just knowing that they don't have any receivers, don't have a tight end, don't know what the running back situation is, and we don't know who that rookie quarterback is going to be and how successful they're going to end up being in 2023. There is going to be, in a way, a slower build on the offensive side of the ball, trying to get the right playmakers. So it starts off with those wide receivers. Odell Beckham Jr. is also available. Mac Hollins is mainly being a special teams ace, but had a good year last year with the Raiders in Las Vegas. Nick Westbrook-Akine, who was the number two receiver the last couple of years in Tennessee. Alameda Zacchaeus, who spent time in Atlanta. And Jawan Jennings, last in San Francisco. Those are some of the options. Not a lot of great options, but some quality players, I think, who are more number twos or threes than they truly are number ones. That's just not available right now on the free agent market. There's not number one wide receivers. Now, it's possible that maybe someone develops into that. We've seen enough out of Juju Smith-Schuster, Jacoby Myers, Alan Lazard, and some of these other players know that they are solid number two or number three options. Going to be hard to find that number one guy in free agency and maybe even hard to find it in the draft for the Carolina Panthers, but they got to start somewhere, and those are some of the players they should look at. Now, it's not just wide receiver, but it's tight end. Tight ends have been used in offenses across the NFL as key 
players. You look at a lot of those guys, especially two Super Bowl teams, Dallas Goddard in Philadelphia, and before him, had Zach Ertz. That was relied upon in that offense, and Frank Reich's been a part of that as well. You saw with Kansas City, what um, Travis Kelsey's done the last couple of years. You look at San Francisco, the success they've had with George Kittle, Dallas with Dalton Schultz. The Panthers have to get a pass-catching tight end. For whatever reason, the former scheme they had here in Carolina with Matt Rule's head coach, that just was not a priority. Needs to be a priority because Tommy Trimble, Ian Thomas, those guys are just not going to be the answer for the Carolina Panthers at that position. I think they need to get one in the draft, maybe two in free agency, and then go from there and see how it works out. Now, looking at FanDuel, their top 10 tight end free agents starting off number one, Dalton Schultz from the Dallas Cowboys. The guy's been excellent the last two seasons. 1,385 yards, 13 touchdowns, and 135 receptions the last two seasons on 193 targets. Has a 70.1% career catch percentage. The guy always catches the ball. Excellent player. That is someone the Carolina Panthers should be signing right at 12.01 on Monday. Get Dalton Schultz here to Carolina. Evan Ingram's number two but he's been franchise tied to Jacksonville Jaguars, not going to let him leave town. Mike Kosicki was a really good player in Miami until this past year where he just was not prioritized as that offensive scheme brought over by Mike McDaniels, which is interesting because he comes from San Francisco where Kyle Shanahan, you see the way that he uses George Kittle. That just did not work out with what Mike McDaniels wanted to do there in Miami. Also, when you have Jalen Waddle, Tariq Hill, I kind of understand why the tight end might kind of fall back into the shadows and not be a priority. But Mike Kosicki this past year finished with less than 700 yards for the first time in his career, um, at least first time since 2019. But he's a good player. He has scored 18 career touchdowns, and he's someone the Carolina Panthers should be calling. And the other one who I think is one of the top guys that are out there, Hayden Hurst, went to Cincinnati this past year, replaced um, – who do you replace? C.J. Uzama, who went to New York, he averaged a career-high four receptions per game in Cincinnati. Hayden Hurst, Mike Kosicki, Dalton Schultz, those are the guys I've been talking about for weeks. One of them needs to be here in Carolina, preferably Dalton Schultz coming over from Dallas. Another, A couple other ones, Austin Hooper, who's had success in the past in the Atlanta, in Cleveland, I think, and in, and in Atlanta. Uh, was it Atlanta or maybe it was the Rams? Either way, it was probably the, I think it was the Rams in Cleveland, then Tennessee, Austin Hooper, that's some of the Panthers should talk to. Irv Smith, I had someone ask me in the weekly Friday mailbag a couple weeks ago about Irv Smith, who lost his job to TJ Hawkinson, an inner division trade between the Vikings and the Lions. Hasn't been able to stay healthy the last two seasons. Played only eight games. Had 182 yards receiving. Bo was a solid prospect coming out of Alabama. Maybe something worth looking at. Robert Tanyan had a big year a couple years ago in Green Bay. Hasn't been the same since getting injured. Jordan Atkins, who was last in Houston, Foster Moreau, last in Las Vegas, and Brock Wright, last in Detroit. They round up the top 10. And I would I would also think that former North Carolina Tar Heel and former top 10 pick from the Lions and last in Pittsburgh, Eric Ebron, who missed all of the 2022 season, would be someone who the Panthers would give a call to and at least bring in for training camp, OTAs, mandatory camp, mini camp, and all that. Eric Ebron, who's been basically recruiting himself to Carolina and saying, Frank Reich, bring me home. We will see how that works out. But wide receiver, tight end, the Panthers are basically start starting anew there 
at those skill positions, and they're going to need to find someone to be able to catch the football and to do something with it so that the rookie and the veteran backup quarterback who might start off the season can lead this offense to some success because I'm tired of not being able to see the Panthers move the football up and down the field. That's been the case the last couple of years. We have watched some anemic offenses here in Carolina. Those are some of the players to look at, some of the top 10 at the positions, according to our friends over at FanDuel. We'll take a look at the defensive side of the ball. We have guys like Brian Burns. We got Frank Iluvu. We got Shaq Thompson back here in Carolina. Derek Brown, Jeremy Chin, J.C. Horn. You know who the defensive stars are. But if Chin moves around, could the Panthers get another safety? And on the defensive line with that 3-4 scheme, bringing it, being brought over by a new defense coordinator, Jero Vero, the Panthers need to shore up that defense. We'll talk about some of the defensive free agents at safety and defensive line the Panthers could be targeting here this week. So we'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. But before we do that, Let's tell you about my friends over at FanDuel, America's number one sports book in the NCAA tournament starting this week. So, you know, it's a massive time to go over there and to put your bets over on FanDuel because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drain. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more of FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So the Panthers need to find a veteran quarterback. They need to bring back Bradley Bozeman. We'll figure out what they do with Deontay Foreman. Some of the other players out there would love for them to extend Brian Burns. And now that DJ Moore is gone and there's no tight end that you can rely on to catch the football and really no wide receiver you can rely on. There's a lot of hope that LaVisca Chenault can be that guy. Terrace Marshall could be that guy. Shai Smith could eventually get better and be that guy. But hope is not a plan. The Panthers... Need to be out there trying to find some playmakers for that rookie. They're going to take either number one or two or maybe three. We'll see what Scott Fitter and the organization decide to do. But hard to believe that David Tepper, who signed off on them trading up to number one, is going to allow them to move down to number two. The Panthers likely going to take their guy, which is the reason why they move up there to have control and get their guy. Hopefully, who can break the wheel of quarterback suck here in Carolina. They got to find some playmakers to put around him. Got the good offensive line. It's honestly, it's honestly funny when you look at it, the last couple of years, it's been like bad offensive line, decent playmakers. Now it's just like good offensive line, even excellent offensive line, really bad playmakers. There's a lot to be desired at the wide receiver and tight end position, but the Carolina Panthers need to go out there and fix that. Also, they need to show up the defense. As we talked about earlier, Brian Burns, excellent player, should be extended, back-to-back pro bowler. Someday going to be an all-pro here in Carolina. He's one of the guys that they're building their team around. And when the Panthers decided that they didn't want to trade for him and get two first-round picks, they basically told you everything you need to know about how they value Brian Burns and how much they value Brian Burns. J.C. Horn, unfortunately, has not been able to stay healthy the first two years of his career. But when he's out there, great player. Jeremy Chin, jack of all trades. We'll see where he fits in this defense now that Gerald Vero's here in the 3-4 scheme and whether he stays at safety or plays closer to the line of scrimmage inside the box. I don't know. But he's a good player. Panthers need him out there week in and week out. Shaq Thompson's back. Frankie Lugu's back. Derek Brown's back. A lot of good players on this defense. But the Panthers need to figure out what they're going to do in the secondary. At corner, where I think they're probably going to go to the draft. Don't know if there's anyone out there 
who's a veteran that they can bring in that can be their third guy. Maybe C.J. Henderson gets better. Maybe Keith Taylor takes that next step. They certainly need that, but they also need to address that position. I'm thinking probably more so in the draft, especially when you look at Dante Jackson could be having his final year in Carolina coming up here in 2023. But start out with safety, though. If Jeremy Chin does end up playing more of a hybrid role, does not play safety, the Panthers are going to have to go find somebody else out there. And I have been talking about for weeks how I'd love to see Jesse Bates from Cincinnati, former Wake Forest player who's been an all-pro, come to Carolina. But according to FanDuel, he's not even their top-ranked safety who's available in free agency. Jordan Poyer from Buffalo. We've seen the whole Panthers-North deal the last couple of years. The guys from Carolina go up to meet up with Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, who, of course, both have Carolina ties, haven't spent here time here as either assistant GM or the defensive coordinator, being with um, – being assistant GM under Marty Herney and even spending time under Dave Gettleman. And then, of course, you have um, Sean McDermott having been defensive coordinator here under Ron Rivera in Carolina. So could it be Poyer, like a lot of people from Buffalo, moving to Charlotte? Maybe, maybe not. Older player, had some injury issues. Him and Micah Hyde seemingly always banged up there in Buffalo. But he had 63 tackles last year, eight pass breakups, four interceptions, one forced fumble in 12 games. Really good player. Leslie Frazier also taking a sabbatical. Not sure whether he'll go back to Buffalo or not, but could Poyer take that as an opportunity to move down to Carolina? That's someone they should be talking to. Jesse Bates, all pro safety, their number two ranked free agent safety. 479 tackles, 43 pass breakups, and 14 interceptions in 79 career games. Been one of the cornerstones of that Cincinnati Bengals turnaround since they got Joe Burrow going to the Super Bowl a year ago this past season, going to the AFC title game. Would love Jesse Bates. Number three, a guy the Carolina Panthers could have drafted but ended up not doing that. He went to New Orleans instead, but now he's been in Philadelphia. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, tied for the NFL lead in interceptions this past season with six, despite only playing in 12 games due to injury. Also posted a career-high 67 tackles, including five tackles for a loss. Can they right the wrongs of the past? No, I don't think it's a wrong on Scott Fitterer because he wasn't here, so definitely not a wrong on him. It's not a wrong on Frank Reich, but can the Panthers somehow be able to find a way to bring C.J. Gardner-Johnson here to Carolina. would love to see that. And it's also not just Jesse Bates who's leaving Cincinnati, potentially. It's Von Bell, their other safety, who started 48 games for the Bengals over the last three seasons, logging 288 tackles, 12 of those for a loss, 21 pass breakups, five interceptions, and eight forced fumbles. Von Bell could be a cheaper option for the Carolina Panthers. I imagine Bates is going to get some of the top-end money. Could the Panthers bring him in? Would love any of those four safeties, probably more so Bates, Gardner-Johnson, Von Bell. Of course, Jordan Boyer, really good player as well. Now some other ones. At five, Adrian Amos spent time in Chicago last in Green Bay. He could be a sneaky, under-the-radar kind of pick the Panthers could give at a good cost. Deron Harmon had a good year in Las Vegas with the Raiders. He's available. Terrell Edmonds in Pittsburgh could be someone the Panthers could add. Jimmy Ward. From San Francisco, although it's hard to see him leaving there. They had Devin McCourty at nine, but he just retired. And then LaMarcus Joyner from the New York Jets, who was up and down this past year for a really excellent Jets defense. Those are the available safeties. Again, any of those top four guys, even Amos and some of the other ones, would really love to have those in Carolina, especially the Carolina Panthers in the city defensive scheme under Rogero Overo, the defensive coordinator, coming over from Denver. If they decide that Jeremy Chin, hey, we don't want you to be a pure safety, play more up at the line of scrimmage as like a linebacker or a hybrid, got to find another safety if that's the case. Now, defensive line, you look at it, Matt Ioannidis, free agent, he's going to be gone. don't think he's coming back here. Bravion Roy's had his moments. You've seen Etor Grossmatos have his moments, but not nearly enough of them. 
outside of Derek Brown, there's just not anyone in this defensive line. You can, I guess, you you can throw Brian Burns out there if you want to call him defensive lineman, or or stand up linebacker. What do you want to call him? Outside of Burns, outside of Derek Brown, there is a lot that needs to change on the defensive line for the Carolina Panthers to really take that next step forward, especially against the run, but on defense entirely moving forward. Now, defensive line, there's some solid players out there, especially in the interior defensive line that the Carolina Panthers should be targeting. Now, number one, according to FanDuel, their number one defensive lineman who's a free agent is Javon Hargrave, who has been in Philadelphia the last couple of years, joined the Eagles in 2020. He's 29 years old right now. He ranks third among defensive tackles in both pass rush grade and pass rush win rate, according to Pro Football Focus, the last couple of years. He tallied a career-high 11 sacks this past year in 2022 and is ready to cash in with a big deal. Don't know if the Panthers would be in his market just knowing how much money it's going to cost them. Now, another guy, number two, Theron Payne, just got broke off on Sunday for your $90 million deal to stay in Washington, where he was originally franchise tag. So he's off the board. Number three, Yannick Ngakwe, who was last in Indianapolis with the Colts. So that means Frank Reich was a part of signing off on him coming to Indianapolis last year, posted 29 tackles, eight of them for a loss, had 16 quarterback hits and nine and a half sacks while lining up at defensive end, as well as outside linebacker at times. Ngakwe's 21 forced fumbles in seven seasons is an insane mark. You got to think that Frank Reich is going to want to bring that guy in. The Panthers failed to bring in anyone opposite of Brian Burns last year to rush the passer after walking or let, letting um, Hassan Reddick walk in free agency, whether it was they had other plans or Reddick wanted to go be in Philadelphia and they were going to pay him. does not matter. He was not here in Carolina, and he went out and had an excellent season with the Eagles. The Panthers got to find some support opposite of Brian Burns. They certainly do not have that on the roster right now. And Yannick Ngakwe is that. Now, the one thing about Ngakwe is not great against the run. So the Panthers are going to have to find someone also who can be a run stuffer and set the edge on the outside. That's not Ngakwe, but he can be good situationally on those pass rushing downs, as we've seen when he's been in Minnesota, Jacksonville, and last in Indianapolis. He's definitely going to be a phone call, I think, for the Carolina Panthers. Number four, Dalvin Tomlinson, who's in Minnesota, racked up 55 tackles for loss for no gain during his last six seasons, which ranks as the third highest mark among interior pass rushers. He has the ability to fill in running gaps with ease, and the Panthers need someone who can do that. Derek Brown did a better job of that in his career year here, Pat in his third year in Carolina, which I think will result in him getting that fifth-year option this offseason. Tomlinson is someone the Panthers should look at. Zach Allen is their fifth defensive lineman from Arizona, 95 tackles, 15, and a, 15 tackles for a loss, 9.5 sacks, 12 pass breakups, and 35 quarterback pressures over the past two seasons. Kind of underrated guy there also in Arizona, and he is someone I think is big enough to set the edge and stop the run if the Panthers ask him to do that. Their number six defensive lineman, Brandon Graham, staying in Philadelphia, which makes all the sense in the world. Would hate to see Brandon Graham leave Philly where he's been a long-time beloved Eagle. Seven, Sheldon Rankins, the New York Jets, had a career-high 43 tackles, four of those for a loss, and finished with the second-best pro football focus overall grade of his career with 73.1 this past year in New York. They're going to have to pay Quentin Williams. They just paid Quincy Williams. And, of course, they're trying to acquire Aaron Rodgers. So it feels like Rankins is on his way out from New York. Can the Panthers bring him in? I think that would be a solid pickup. Number eight, Fletcher Cox, six-time Pro Bowler, long-time Eagle, had 40, 14 quarterback hits this past year, seven sacks. Hard to see him leaving Philadelphia in the same way as Brandon Graham, especially if they're going to lose Javon Hargrave, which seems certainly like in the realm of possibilities. 
maybe with Deuce Staley here or Frank Reich here, their Eagle ties, they can convince Fletcher Cox to come here. I would love for them to convince Javon Hargrave to come here. But knowing the kind of contract situation that they're at and some of the players that they probably want to extend and bring back, not quite sure they could do that with Hargrave. But Fletcher Cox would be a good consolation prize if you can even call getting Fletcher Cox a consolation prize. Their ninth-ranked defensive lineman, according to FanDuel, Justin Houston, who spent last year in Baltimore still terrorizing quarterbacks at the age of 33, nine and a half sacks, 17 quarterback hits, and an interception. That's one of those veterans that I think would do a great job opposite of Brian Burns. Bring me Justin Houston if you can do that. It would only be kind of one year. Give the Panthers another year to try and figure out a long-term option opposite of Brian Burns to go find something to draft to develop. But there we go, Justin Houston at nine. The number 10 hometown guy. Jadavion Clowney spent last year in Cleveland. He's been in Seattle. He's been in Houston. He's never really lived up to the hype as the number one overall pick in that draft coming out of South Carolina. He's also struggled to stay healthy, but possesses unique pass rushing skills that can be enhanced under the right coaching staff. And y'all, I think we have the right coaching staff here in Carolina, and maybe he's ready to come back home to the Charlotte Rock Hill area. Jadavion Clowney, underperforming edge rusher, but someone who can be good against the run and someone also who has the talent would not hate seeing Javier Beyond Clowney here. And I have to imagine that the money far more affordable now than he has been in the past, as he's probably asked for way more and produced far little to ever live up to what he has gotten in the past. So those are some of the top defensive line free agents, according to our friends over at FanDuel. Either way, looking at it, the Carolina Panthers got to find playmakers on offense for the rookie quarterback. Need to bring back Bradley Bozeman for continuity's sake, for communication's sake, and to offer another one of those mentors for the rookie, bringing that veteran quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, bringing another safety if that's what they want to do, moving up Jeremy Chin, got to find some other defensive linemen, can't roll with the guys they already have on the roster, the younger guys, and also the guys who haven't really proven much over the last couple of years that other than they're just not that guy. The Panthers have plenty of holes to fill this week, starting off noon on Monday, that's when it gets going as the legal negotiating period starts off, heading into the new league year at 4 p.m. and the start of free agency truly on March 15th. That is on Wednesday. In the meantime, that's going to be this episode of the Locked On Panthers podcast. This is by yours truly, Julian Council. Make sure to watch the show, subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. Check us out, free and available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council. We're on Friday. I'll be answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me on Twitter, at Julian Council, to participate. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole, as always. Keep pounding, and I'll be back here tomorrow. Breaking down, hopefully, the Carolina Panthers signing a new pass catching tight end, maybe some wide receivers. We're reacting to everything that's going to go on this week in free agency, so stay tuned here on the show. Talk to you then.